to Writing on Wednesdays, a podcast about building a healthy and sustainable writing process from beginning to end, but mostly in the middle. I'm Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician living in St. Louis. And I'm Nicole Rokas, an author, speaker, and writing coach in Toronto. Today we're talking about the strategy of batch writing blog posts, and Nicole will share about an app she's using to avoid getting sucked into Facebook. Plus, we'll both give a brief update about our writing lives. So get your pens ready, pull up a chair, and join us for a weekly Wednesday writing date. And Sarah, let's get right into the thick of it, the part of the show where we focus in on one idea, strategy, or topic as it pertains to the writing process. What are we talking about today? We're talking about batch writing blog posts. Oh, yay. This is definitely something I need to pay attention to. So I have a blog where I post at least once a week, and I've been doing that for about eight months now. I posted more sporadically about twice a month, up to about a dozen times, depending on the season, um, for several years prior. But for about eight months now, I've posted once a week. And some people really recommend blog writing as a daily practice. Um, I'm thinking of the teacher, Seth Godin, who says, just write a blog post every single day. That's, that's how to do it. And of course, that's how he does it. But I have found that I am much more successful and much more creative if I batch write my posts. And what that means for me is writing between four and maybe eight blog posts, maybe in a sitting or over the course of a week, depending on how my life goes. Can we rewind a bit back to the point you made about daily versus weekly blog posting? I'm wondering what drove you to decide to post once a week on your blog? Once a week to me is the minimum of feeling like I'm doing this often. If you look at a blog that posts really sporadically, you might wonder, well, does this person even do this at all? And since for me, a blog is a very important part of my professional platform, I feel it's important for me to do this on a regular basis. And once a month doesn't feel regular, regular enough. I don't post every single day because I just don't have the time for that. I'm not a professional blogger. This isn't how I make my living. I got a lot of other stuff I need to do every day. And I do post more than once a week. I post show notes for my other podcast, Music in the Church. I post a link to episodes for writing on Wednesdays. And I do sometimes do more more particularly blog posts on my blog more than once a week, but every Monday is my bare minimum. Because I kind of have found a a side benefit in posting. I post roughly weekly on my blog, Time Eternal, um, and I'm starting to post more on my writing, my Nicole Roca site, now that I'm further in my book manuscript. But the side benefit that I see is it helps me develop ideas on a more regular basis. And for sure. it also helps me experiment and play around with provisional ideas. So the stuff that's going in my book manuscript is all more solid stuff. And a blog is kind of an imaginative space for me to test an idea, have some interaction, and sort of get it out in the world without overly agonizing and yet still keeping my ideas kind of malleable, if that makes sense. That is really interesting. I know a lot of writers use their blog as kind of uh, related to their book material, and at least for right now, I'm not. I'm not doing that. No, at me all. neither. Uh, yeah, I haven't put any really anything related to the book that I'm working on on my blog. And that that said, I am writing my blog and my other podcast to the same audience that my book would reach, or a very similar audience, but it's on a very different topic. Yeah, I, my blog posts, I do post things that are related to my first book, but I haven't yet put anything out there that will be in my second book. 
But I, I like just being able to play around with an idea in the short term and not have to turn it into a book, not have to turn it into some huge thing, but just being mm-hmm. able to test yeah. an idea. And what's cool now is, I, you know, I can look back on several years worth of blog posts and I'm finding sort of diamonds in the rough of, oh, that was a good idea. I could turn that into a podcast episode or I could turn that into something else now that it's sort of been simmering in my brain for multiple years. Yeah, I think blogging on a regular basis has a lot of benefits beyond building a professional platform and, you know, the big picture of like sharing your sharing your work in the world. Yeah. So, but the strategy you're bringing up is not so much about how frequently it's it's actually like how to get the blog post written, however frequently you're going to write. Yes, exactly. And and I'm really wanting to put this in contrast to how a lot of people blog, which is that they write one post a week or they write one post a day or three, whatever their frequency is, or they write a post whenever they feel about it. I have been very intentional in writing a group of posts at minimum, maybe a month's worth of posts, so about four posts. And I find this so much easier to do than, than being like, oh, I have to write a blog post this week. It feels like a burden if I have to do it every week. And it feels like a joy if it's, oh, it's the first week of the month I get to write blog posts this week. For sure. It's a really different emotional state. Do you write, when you batch these posts, like batch write them, do you write them all like on the same topic? Sort of like a series or what? No, um, my my general blog is on a, is kind of focused anyway. It's a niche industry blog. But within that, like it's a, it's kind of a wide variety of different things. I think the reason I find this practice of writing them in quick succession so much more joyful is that I'm able to say, oh, this is my creative project for right now. And we've talked before on the podcast about how Nicole and I have many different creative projects going. I've got, we have multiple podcasts, we've got different blogs, we've got books that we're working on. I work in a very creative industry. I'm a full-time musician. And I think that if I I think the reason I don't like doing this every single week is I just can't get in the headspace for an hour or two. Just it's very jarring for me. But if I say, oh, I'm going to work on this, like right now, this is my project. It opens things up and I'm able to come up with ideas and I'm able to just like get stuff done on my blog in a really a, a much more easy way. Yeah. So tell us a bit about your process. So I think in an ideal world, I would have this like as my blog batch day and I would do this all in one day. But in the real world, it just doesn't happen. I thought that I had that this last time around, I thought I had my whole day cleared and I've got all the Friday time. And of course, you know, that's the day that I wake up feeling sick and I'm just really not there. And I keep on sitting down to my desk and be like, well, where's my pen? Oh, it's downstairs. Oh, where's my notes? Oh, they're in this other room. And it was just a really messy day. I ended up having a lunch date. I, I think I only worked like four hours across the whole day of actual writing time. Which is a lot for some people. Side note. Yeah, no, true. But my goal was an actual eight hours. <laughs> so it was far short of my my goal. But here's, let me back up a little bit and think about what I did ahead of time. I had a list of ideas to work from. I keep these all on Airtable. We've talked about Airtable before. And I've got my ideas that I'm working from. I even had some drafts already done for some of these posts. Also beforehand, I knew what went into making a blog post. And this, I think if you blog regularly, is something that you're already going to have. You you already know, oh, I need to have tags. I need to have a title. I need a URL. Maybe I'm going to have a graphic and a photograph or something. Just all the different pieces that go into making a blog post work. 
And then the last thing that I did ahead of time, and I, I'm really glad I did this. I had basically a numbered to-do list for myself. It was my priority list. I, here's what was most important for me to get done on this day. And here's what was most important or best left for later, which for me was a lot of stuff because I got way less work done than I had planned on. For me, the bare minimum that I want to get done like in this batch process is the body of the text. That for me is the creative generative part. It's the hardest part for me. You know what? I can always pop in URLs, hyperlinks later. I can I can figure out the graphic later. That's way less difficult for me. I think those would fall under the category of what you've described in past episodes as the strategy of low-hanging fruit. You can save those up for yes, a low-hanging exactly. fruit day. Mm-hmm. So that is the ideal version. And that's, in fact, the version that I've done multiple times before. Now, this last time I did a blog batch day, because I was like, oh, I'm going to podcast about this. I'm going to, I'm going to really pay attention to my process. And then I just, it was not my day. So let's uh, segue into strategy to get yourself to write when you really don't feel like it. I actually started with my low hanging fruit. I started with the most basic of basic things, looking up hyperlinks. I have a roundup post coming up. I think it's over 40 different URLs that I needed to link to. And I just sat down and I looked up every single one of them. It's a lot of boring, tedious stuff, but it got me going into the blog process. And I was like, okay, well, I looked up all the URLs for that. I bet I can draft a couple things. So I sat down and I drafted a few things. And that was actually some creative, generative kinds of things. And it was like I gradually eased myself into writing Hmm. instead of saying, well, I don't really feel like writing, so I'm not going to. Right. Okay. So that's kind of what you accomplished within that day. Talk me through what the process looked like afterwards. So after that, I continued like in my mindset of saying, well, this is my creative project for right now as much as it can be. So I did that on, did that blog batch day, quote unquote, on a Friday. So the following Monday, I did some more blog work and that was another longer post that I, that I wrote and polished and actually I published it that day. And then today, it's Friday again, it's another writing time for me, and I have been scheduling and formatting and um, polishing my prose for the rest of those blog posts, but I haven't generated anything new. That's awesome. So it sounds like what you're doing is sort of taking all of the really creative part of the work, the heavy lifting, and putting it all together, which sounds like it could be a bit more efficient because, you know, there's all those studies that say it takes you thus and such long to get into a task. And when you're sort of just putting yourself in that headspace for a concentrated period of time, um, you're not having to lose that time of like getting back into it, getting back into it. Yes, exactly. And I think that's part of why it's a much more joyful thing for me to do, because it's like, oh, I'm writing to this particular audience, because I write to a lot of different audiences. I'm writing to this audience, I'm writing in this voice. Here's my space to be in, and I can just do it and not get distracted. Yeah. Even if it's happening over the course of several days, I'm still like in this is what I'm writing about. I haven't done other writing, except for some editing except for this kind of writing this week. Yeah. In economics, I think that's called like the law of efficiency or the law of like, you know, when you have a conveyor belt or whatever, the person on that conveyor belt is doing the same thing and they Mm -hmm. get faster and Mm -hmm. faster, um, which I don't like to turn writing into a conveyor belt process, but there's something to be said for putting like tasks together. And that sounds like what you're Mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So readers, we want to know what you think. And do you blog? If so, how do you get the blog posts written? Do you batch them? Do you write them one at a time? And uh, what are the pros and cons? What works for you? 
now we've come to Tips and Tools, a segment about building better writing systems one small step at a time. And this week, Nicole, you're going to share something with us about Facebook. Yeah. So I'm talking about a tool I use to manage the inane infernal that is Facebook. I'm sure all of us can relate. Um, I use something called the the Newsfeed Eradicator. And this is a Chrome plugin. It's free. You just pop it onto your Chrome plugins toolbar. And what it does is that whenever you log into Facebook from Chrome, which is the only web browser that I personally use, but whenever you log into Facebook on Chrome, um, there's a big blank space where your news feed would ordinarily be. And in that space, thanks to Newsfeed Eradicator, there's an inspirational quote about time management or the brevity of life or the coming of your death or something like that to make you think about how you're actually using your time. So it doesn't block all of Facebook. You can still see your notifications. You can still search for people's feeds. Like if you want to see someone's personal profile or whatever, you can search for them and go on there. That sounds like Facebook the way it used to be like 10 years ago. Yeah, I guess way, way back there wasn't a news yeah, feed, there right? there was no news yeah. feed. Mm-hmm. So, um, what this does, you know, I, I have this set on my computer at home, uh, my desk, my desktop computer. And, and what this does is like I use my computer for most of my work related tasks, especially heavy lifting tasks. And this prevents me from scrolling. So I have to go on Facebook a lot for professional reasons. And it's nice to go on there and not get sucked in to the news feed. I still get a little bit sucked into notifications, but if I want to go do something on a page or if I want to do something um, in a group, I have to literally search for those groups. I can't scroll through my feed and see someone's page and start looking at their kids or their vacation pictures or whatever. So this has dramatically cut down on the time that I've spent scrolling. I've been using it probably for about a year now, and it's it's super helpful. I have to say I don't use it as much on... like I. As far as I know, you can only use it on computers. It's not, you can't use it on a mobile device. But I only use my tablet for like recreational usage, <laughs> Facebook usage anyway. So it's so I can still scroll on my tablet if I really want to. This is reminding me of what some people do. I think I heard this on the hashtag I'm writing podcast, but I bet other people do it also, um, is bookmarking the groups that you're in. So if you manage a group or a page you can just bookmark that and click there instead of going through like facebook.com and then like having to navigate yourself to the page that you manage. You can just go straight to your destination and don't see the newsfeed. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, The only thing is, and I mean, and this is still a distraction when using newsfeed eradicator is you still have that top bar with the notifications. Those Mm -hmm. that red marks, those constant red marks, you know, and um, Mm. that's still a distraction to be mindful of. For sure. Yeah, this is making me want to want to try that on my laptop. Well, give it like, a try and like, let us know how it goes. Like Nicole, this is this is where my professional work lives. So yeah, not not so much on my phone. So now we've come to the update, where we each share what we've been up to lately and where we're planning on going in our writing lives. So Nicole, why don't you start us off? Well, I have a few pieces of good news. One is that I got a small extension to my book deadline. Uh, so <laughs> readers will nice. know that it was June 1st, but I was talking to my editor and she's like, you know, why don't you take until June 17th? <laughs> it's like, sure. Oh, nice. <laughs> don't mind Good. if I do. Second is that I got a new job. I was hired. Congratulations. Thank you for the communications officer of the nonprofit where I already work part-time. 
my current part-time position ends at the end of June and I will be taking the communications officer position very soon actually. So I'll kind of have two overlapping positions until the end of June, which means I will have to be even more intentional about when and how I get the writing done. But I generally tend to be somebody who works better under pressure. So I think that in the long run, it's going to be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Other good news is I sent three chapters of my book out for folks to read. I have a few kind of focus readers. Sarah, you're one of them. And I've gotten some some good and useful feedback. uh, So I just have to keep going and onward and upward type of thing. And I'm feeling I'm starting to feel the push of the deadline a bit more which for someone like me is a good thing. I just said I kind of work better under pressure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. something happens, like my brain sort of shifts when I can feel, actually feel the deadline coming, where it's like, oh, shoot, we got to get our stuff together. And it starts just doing its thing. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. really happy Thank about you, brain. that. <laughs> <laughs> You're also trying an experiment, aren't you? Yeah, so I just finished reading Joanna Penn's the healthy writer. It's given me a lot to think about. I've made a few blog posts, but um, one of the big things that she talks about in that book that I want to weave into my writing life is dictation, which is writing by, you know, recording your voice and then transcribing it or voice typing, whichever you prefer. So it's, I've tried it a few times. I still have to get my setup right, but it, if I can learn to do this, it's going to be something that will to be, allow me to be more mobile when I write, um, and get away from the screen, which I really need to do. I'm really sick of screens. Well, I am very selfishly uh, awaiting your report on this because it's something that I would like to try. And I looked into it a few years ago, and it just wasn't the right time for me. But I, I'm, I'm very selfishly curious. How well, I, I hope I can get to the point where I can do a whole episode about it and share what I've learned because if that means I will be able to make it work for me, which means I will be a healthier writer, according to mm-hmm. Joanna Penn. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, standing is a good thing. I am recording this whole episode as I stand yeah. at my standing desk. So what about you, Sarah? So I have, be- beside my blog batch multi-day process, uh, I have polished a chapter draft and sent it off to one of my Yay. readers, Unicol. And I'm working on integrating a second right now. It's like kind of in pieces and it's like, oh, time to make it cohesive. I've also had an experiment lately. I've been experimenting with a weekly newsletter. I've sent a monthly newsletter for about about two years. And I feel like mm, I, I might want to be a little bit more frequent with that. And I'm seeing if it's a if it feels like a good thing or not. Yeah, I'm definitely moving toward in the direction of newsletters too. So just as you're excited to hear about my dictation experience, I'm excited to hear more about your newsletter experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I have had more unsubscribes in the last month than uh, I think ever before. But, that's, <laughs> but I think that that's probably a good thing because it means that people are actually seeing that they're getting emails from me. I, I, yeah. I can't imagine no, I that, like they're not substantially different than before so I doubt that I mean I sure hope it's not because they're like oh another email from her again I think it's more just that they're actually seeing the emails yeah and that's it for this week's installment of writing on Wednesdays you can find show notes at writingonwednesdays.com this week on our middle soda I'm talking about writing on vacation or rather all the writing related things that I did on vacation that weren't quite writing Also, I've written some blog posts following up on the last main episode's topic, which was boundaries for writers, and the links to that will be in the show notes. 
Ratings and reviews on iTunes are an important way for people to find this podcast. I'm sure you've heard this before if you listen to podcasts. It's so that when people type in writing on the iTunes search bar, they can actually find this podcast instead of having it at the very last of the list. So if you're enjoying this show, please rate it and share it with your writer friends. And if you'd like to connect with other writers like you, join our Facebook group by searching for Writing on Wednesdays. Until next Wednesday, happy writing. Happy writing. Happy writing.